Welcome to the Menlo Midweek Podcast, where we are getting some extra time with the speaker from last Sunday's message to go a little deeper, get some extra thoughts about the message, and get a behind-the-scenes look at their teaching process. We're your hosts, Mark and Jess. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Menlo Midweek. Hey, everybody. Mark here. And before we jump into today's conversation, I'd like to invite you to consider a year-end gift to the online ministry here at Menlo Church. The gifts that we received fuel what we were able to do in 2023. As we start the new year, we want to start it strong as we're welcoming on Phil Eubank, our new senior pastor. And now that he's on the team, it brings a lot of exciting opportunity to help people find and follow Jesus online. I'm thinking back over this past year and just am so encouraged by the stories of people that we've been able to disciple, not only here in the Bay Area, but all across the world. We've had people sign up for discipleship classes online. I've been able to pray with people through the internet or through the phone. And we've even had people get baptized right here in person because of this online ministry. So I'm especially encouraged by that. And I'm praying that God will continue to move through this ministry in the year of 2023. And we can only do it with your support. So for more information around giving, head over to menlo.church slash give. Now let's jump into today's conversation. Welcome to Menlo Midweek, everybody. My name is Mark. And I'm Jessica. And we have the Reverend Dr. Scott Palmbush back on with us. Back on. Every time, the Reverend Doctor. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't even know your title now. You were head of staff. Are you, are you still head of staff-ish? Is that it? You just added the ish, ish. at the end? Yeah. <laughs> um, That's good. Yes. Uh, head of staff emeritus. Ah, there it is. Say it in the, That's the fancy way. Yeah, fancy, fancy way. Ish. I, uh, yeah, good question. Phil, um, yeah. Phil will be be taking that role over, but mm-hmm. we're kind of January, we're kind of dancing, and then he'll mm. uh, be- right be taking that over in February. So, um, but yeah, for the moment, I'm still somewhat <laughs> head of staff, but yeah, it's, it's been great. Um, just, you know, trying to have a good transition here and yeah, enjoyed my season and looking forward to, to what's next, whatever that title becomes. Mm-hmm. Sure. But you'll always be the Reverend Doctor you'll to us. Always be our Reverend Doctor. Always. That's great. Yes. <laughs> For you guys, anytime. Fun to be back on the podcast. Yeah. 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 And we were chatting with Phil earlier today, and he was like, it's my 17th day here on yeah. staff. That was for the Phil in the Blank podcast. And if you haven't heard about that, go take a listen. It's great. How have those 17 days been for you in that overlap period, Scott? Well, uh, it's, it's been great. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. I, I was uh, able to connect with Phil a fair amount before he mm-hmm. came mm-hmm. here, um, partly right. just trying to keep him in the loop on a lot of things that were going on. And um, yep. he obviously was here at Christmas Eve. And so, yeah, we've gotten to know each other better and better over the, over the weeks. And uh, it's, it's been a fun, fun partnership. And, you know, we've had some things we've had to walk through that have been harder mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just trying not to um, overly cloud or color his vision of how things go, but also mm-hmm. to help him mm-hmm know where, um, you know, maybe where the potholes might be or mm. where the, where, uh, a little information might be helpful. So, but yeah. yeah, we, 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 um, we're doing really well and it's, uh, I'm really glad he's here. I feel mm. every day, you know, more confident in, um, God's leading in this and, and his, uh, presence here with us. So. Yeah. And we Amen. appreciate all your intentionality behind setting him up well, making sure he's getting information. And I think he's doing a great job of not 
acting first, but listening first. That's mm-hmm. something that he says he's actively trying to do at least for this first month or so. And so I'm sure that you're, you know, guiding him along in that process very well. So I really appreciate everything, Scott. Yeah. Well, yeah. my pleasure. My pleasure. And we, on top of all the other things that you're doing, you taught this past weekend. Speaking oh, of man. listening. I know. <laughs> Hearing God, weekend number two. Two. Yes. Second week. Second week. Yeah. yeah. How was that for you? Can you summarize your message a little bit and let's jump right in? Sure. Yeah. We're, uh, this series is really about how, um, how, does, how does God speak to us? We think a lot about how we speak to God, mm-hmm. about prayer and right. some of those things we think often in those terms, but how does God actually communicate with us? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we borrowed a lot of this um, from Dallas Willard's book on hearing God. Um, is that one of the uh, several It's one of my stack books of books here that, brought that, brought with with <laughs> that you all can't see because you're listening to this. But um, yeah, it was a, a, just a really uh, foundational book for me in this topic. And, uh-huh. uh, and Cheryl and I kind of talked through it. But uh, we wanted to dive into that. What's it mean? And, and really, it has a lot to do with, with guidance and um, discernment. And a lot of times we want to hear from God because we have a question mm-hmm. that we're asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, that gets, can get really personal, but we, we all want to hear uh, from God. And that's part of when we talk about a relationship with God is it, it's a two-way, two-way street. So um, last week, Cheryl talked about how maybe just taking some moments to actually stop and listen. Yeah. Uh, and that way we hear. We don't hear when we're talking. So, <laughs> But there's so much noise in our world that we need to take, make that space. And, uh, and then this week, uh, we... we looked at how does God speak to us through one of the main main things that we have in our relationship with God and the main ways that God reveals himself to us, and that is that is in the pages of, of the Bible, the pages mm-hmm. of Scripture. So what does God say to us in that, and how does he um, uh, express himself uh, in those pages? And so the role that the Bible has in this topic of, of hearing God. Um, and to summarize, uh, we, uh, we looked at the ways that we can read the text. Uh, we have to be thoughtful about it because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we can easily um, read what we want into it. <laughs> yes. um, I, you know, I can go to the, the scriptures and if I'm not careful, if I'm not really listening, if I'm not submitting, um, I just, they just wind up saying kind of what I want them to say. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we don't have to look too far in our world to see all the different ways that the scriptures have been used to justify things that seem very, very far from what God would want. So, yeah. Um, so we have to be mindful about that. And uh, as we do that, um, there's also a spiritual element to to how we hear those those scriptures. Um, and so we talked about inviting the Spirit in about being prayerful when we when we read. That helps us to hear not just the words on the page, but how God in uh, his presence in our lives will help us to hear those words um, so we hear what he wants us to hear. Uh, and then we talked about reading um, the pages of, of Scripture expectantly. Like, do we actually really expect to hear from God? Do we, are we ready for that? Um, mm-hmm. Do we really want to know what God wants to say in our lives? And that can be, be kind of scary, um, yeah. but it can also be really exciting. And that's partly what makes faith an exciting thing because, you know, What's God going to say to me? And, and that freshness keeps scripture alive in our 
minds and hearts for our whole lives uh, if we read it that way. Um, and then the last thing was just, do I regularly come to those texts? Because if I, if I want them in my heart and mind and soul, if I want to hear God in those, to have those be part of my life, I need to be regularly um, reading and immersing myself in them. So that was kind of the the core of, of what, uh, how we want to approach things. And hopefully in that we'll, uh, we'll hear God. And then at the end, um, we, we did a little practice that uh, has been done for centuries Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. in our, uh, on the website, one of our practices, um, called Lectio Divina, which is divine reading. And that's the practice of reading scripture in such a way, um, that we listen, uh, not just for the content, but what maybe what God wants to say to us in the middle of that. So it's kind of applying that prayerful perspective um as we hear a text read uh, a few different times yeah yeah as you were delivering your message it was very clear to me that you have a strong relationship with the bible meaning when i grew up a lot a a big foundational part of my story wasn't necessarily bible-based but more so experientially based Mm -hmm. and people-based and i've had to learn to add in that Bible part as a part of my foundation with how I hear, hear God, see God. Was that the same for you or, you know, were you always, did you always have the PhD Reverend Dr. Mind of studying (laughs) the Bible from, you know, when you first decided to have a relationship with God? Well, yeah, good question. I, I think, um, you know, we always had Bibles around as a kid and, and Mm -hmm. I remember, um, hearing the stories, you know, I love the stories of the Bible. Um, that you learn when you're mm-hmm. younger, uh, if you've been around the faith. And, um, you know, they're always told in age-appropriate ways, but um, there's some crazy stories in the Bible, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. you know? So, but, but uh, I, I think, and hearing sermons as a kid and, and hearing a passage of Scripture sort of opened up and illuminated, I found that really fascinating, as a, even as I sat in church with my parents, you know, I was we didn't have iPhones and stuff, so I was just sitting there <laughs> bored um, writing on a piece of paper or something. But I, I, I do remember, wow, that, that really applies, like thinking about how the scripture could actually apply. And I think a, you know, good preaching hopefully takes those words that seem like, what does this mean? What does it mean for me? And it helps make those real for us so that we can apply those in some way to our lives. So I, I just, I've always uh, had that sense from scripture. And then, you know, as I, uh, got older and was able to, um, you know, I had the, uh, an NIV study Bible when oh, I was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it had the notes in there. And so you mm-hmm. could read a passage and go, oh, wow, there's so much more to this. And it just, I, I think I love the way the Bible, um, uh, there was always more to it than I thought. And I felt like it always spoke to me, um, whatever scenario I was in in life, there was always something it had to say to me. And I could read the same passage, you know, in a different stage of life. Mm-hmm. And yet, mm-hmm. and it spoke to me differently. But I still felt like God was in that. And so, you know, I haven't always heard the audible voice of God. That's, that's kind of a rare thing for me. But mm-hmm. um, I really do feel like God um, illuminates texts for me or helps me. Or I, I have yeah. a text and I just, it just goes deep into my heart. And I go, I just need, there's an anchor to it. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's, it feels real. It feels concrete. Uh, so, yeah. That really puts you kind of like what you were talking about into perspective for me. Cause as you were speaking, I could tell that it was coming from a, a place of like, you're, you're living this out. And as you were talking just now, a big part of reading scripture and having something resonate 
and either val val validating what you're thinking or challenging what you're thinking. A big part of that is that first piece of what you talk about, which was listening. And so maybe that might be resonating with some of our listeners now about, yeah, so I've, I've read the Bible and you know there's a passage or something that sticks out to me. How can you help guide people along in that process of listening? How, how can people listen better or what tips would you give them to mm -hmm. make sure that they're not just like you're saying, kind of like what you said earlier, weaponizing or twisting, you know, the Bible to, to validate something that might not be there. Right. I, I think that's uh, how we approach the text is, is really an important thing. And mm -hmm. I'll say a couple things about this. One is um, sometimes, and I mentioned this in the, in the sermon, sometimes we come to the Bible like it's a, it's a how-to manual um, where we're looking for a specific answer to a specific question, and, we, right. and we, we're just kind of mining it for that, and 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 then we're kind of in danger zone because it's really like I, I want I want what I want, and I'm not really submitting to it. I'm more bringing what I want to it, and mm -hmm. and in that place, we're always kind of in a little bit of danger, you know. And and yeah. and Dallas Willard asked, you know, the question is this: is this for me or is this for for you, God? Mm -hmm. Is this for others? Yeah, that's good. And I think when we have that mindset, like, okay, I'm just going to enter this, and I'm I want what you want, God. Mm -hmm. Uh, when we start with that question, I want what you want, God, and I want to know how this can have, help the world, help help your work in the world. And when we submit to it in that way, it's we're going to receive it in a different way. And so, part of it is uh, that that desire to make the Bible um, a tool for what we want, right? And and we do that subconsciously. It's not like I come to it and say I'm going to do that, but we try to make the Bible something it, it isn't. Uh, you know, Dallas Willard has. Uh, a lot to say about this, but it really affects, uh, it really reflects basically his, his understanding of kind of how we encounter God and faith in general. And that is, um, I, I don't, it's not the rules about what I should do aren't as important as becoming the kind of person who would do those things. So mm. I, I, I can, you know, I can say, don't, don't steal. That's fine. I know that I shouldn't steal, but the goal really is to become the kind of person who wouldn't steal. Right. <laughs> Yeah. And, and when you think about coming to the text, it's again, the text is there to help me become the kind of person that God wants me to become, not to, you know, and there are, you know, you know there's do not steal, you know, do not yeah. covet. Those are in there and those are important. But the, the reason, um, you know, Paul talks about the law being, uh, he calls it a paedagogos in Greek, which is sort of like a, a nanny or a, it, it, it was like this thing that um, kind of got you by. Um, until my son came, you know, like it was a, mm. it was a stopgap in a sense. And Jesus said, you know, not, not one word of the law is depart from me, but it's been fulfilled in my presence. So again, you know, we can work around the law. We can, you know, how many, I shouldn't, I should keep the Sabbath, but how many steps do I get to walk before I'm now working and not, we get into that craziness yeah. uh, and we can do that in our lives too. Like, well, how much is too much? And we're masters at working around rules, but when it comes to a person, in a relationship, well, that is a different story. And so when we approach the Bible looking for rules and those kinds of things, we can find them, but they don't always get us where we want us to go. If we look for it, if we look to the Bible to introduce us and to build a relationship with, with this God that loves us, um, and we interact, we submit ourselves to it, we become the kind of person that would do those things. So that was a long answer, but <laughs> uh, I think that's what I would say. Yeah. And one thing you, you talked about in that same vein was. I think you gave an example of you and your wife and when you're not really in like a good spot, you can easily miscommunicate what mm. the other person is saying. 
And you talked about also our new senior pastor, Phil, how he likes to do voice memos, which I super appreciate because <laughs> I can tend to overanalyze <laughs> texts and conversations. Sure. And so you had said, like, when your relationship with the person is in a better spot, it's easier to interpret the things the right way. And putting that on scripture, when your relationship with God is better, it's easier to interpret the scripture in the right way. I just, I loved that imagery that you gave um, to help in that process. So my question would be, how do you, if you, if someone maybe is saying, I want to be better at listening through scripture, but I feel like my relationship with God maybe isn't quote there enough to really understand what he's saying, what would you encourage someone to maybe do to prepare themselves maybe for um, their time with God? Well, I, th- I think there's, um, you know, like any, re- like, again, how, how would I, if I, if I were to answer that, like, how would I fix that with my wife? Mm-hmm. Well, I need to reconnect and make sure that we both know, hey, we're for each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right now I'm, you know, just sharing how I'm feeling, right? Yeah. I'm feeling this way. So I just need you to know that. So if I'm saying something stronger than I would have, it's because had a terrible day at work, blah, blah, blah. Sure. Mm. So I think part of it's just coming to God in honesty and yeah. just saying, hey, mm-hmm. God, here's where I'm at. And um, maybe reading those promises of the text, you know, that, that are our core, right? Mm. You know, that God loves us, that he's for us, um, mm. um, that there's nothing we can do that can separate us from his, you know, read Romans 8, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, read those texts that, re- that center you again. Um, and then, and then I think you can come to another, to come to those questions with God or come, come to that place where you'll hear God in the right, right way. But um, sometimes we feel like, man, the whole world is, is against me and I think God's mad at me right now. Or maybe we've done some sinful behavior, right? Mm-hmm. And so we can, we can sort of come into a, uh, we can read the Bible through that, right? Like, and maybe there is some, something that the Bible wants to say to you about you know, correcting your behavior and mm-hmm. saying, maybe that's not the way you want to live, but God's always going to do it through a loving place. And, um, the, you know, the story of the prodigal son, right? There's no, we can't go far enough away. So I think, I think that's, that's what I would say is, um, remind yourself of, of who God is in your life and, and let God know how mm-hmm. you're doing, um, mm-hmm. as honestly as you can. That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. And I mean, that kind of ties in exactly to the steps that you gave. I mean, you approach that first part prayerfully and you say, hey, this is where I'm coming from. Um, you're expectant in the conversation there. And then the more you do it, the more regularly you do this, then it might eventually write itself as to you'll get back to that place. And so I love those three points. I thought mm-hmm. that that was really well put. And I love that you ended all with regularly because, I mean, sure, Maybe we're not everyone can be the best at reading the Bible every day mm-hmm. or, you know, but to build in that habit turns that turns it from a text or a how to guide to the conversation. And I think that's the bigger point of this series is to enter into God's presence and conversation with him. Absolutely. And, and you know, regularly, I, I, I intentionally use regularly rather than daily or something like that, because mm-hmm. right. I know people, you know, there's the quiet time and. I'm not in the, you know, 6 a.m. every morning reading. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's as important as just making sure that it's regular. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's like any relationship, right? If I never talked to my friends, they're not my friends for a long time. Right. right. You know, it doesn't have to be every day at a set time, but it needs to be regular. And, um, and that, that I think is, 
the right place. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me, if you want to do some reading, listeners, um, Wigglesworth wrote about this. Sam or Smith Wigglesworth wrote about this, as well as Frank C. Laubach as well wrote about, he, he wrote Letters from Modern Mystic. Yeah. I got that book from Matt Stefan, and he is basically framing what would it look like for your day to think about God and be in conversation with him throughout the day Yeah, mm-hmm. and how that would change. So, Scott, you also brought some books along with you. What else did you bring? Uh, pow- powerful that Frank Laubach is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I just wanted to encourage uh, our listeners um, that that hearing God, I mentioned this already by Dallas Willard's a great book where he really uh, goes you know a lot deeper. If you like Dallas Willard, into how um, how God uh, helps us um, in our decisions and how we, particularly around decision making, and and I'm going to touch on that in my sermon in a couple weeks. Um, that's kind of how we're going to conclude: is how does God speak to us in those um, places of discernment? guidance and decisions. So uh, Cheryl's going to talk this coming week about uh, community. How do, how do we, how does community help us hear what God has for us? Right. Um, and then uh, this, this was for, especially for this week was, uh, uh, sorry, Eugene Peterson's Eat This Book. Um, oh, yes. really recommend it. <laughs> and uh, Eugene has such lovely prose and uh, such a fun way of putting things. Um, you know, my favorite quote was, eat the book, but have Pepto-Bismol and Alka-Seltzer <laughs> yeah. nearby because it will upset your uh, your life a little bit, and um, uh, so the other uh, the other interesting book. So one thing I know you usually ask, um, what what would you say if you had more time? Mm-hmm. Or could, mm-hmm. I, th- I think one of the challenges in, in a topic we talk about the Bible is there's a lot that goes into interpreting the Bible, and there's a lot more I could have said about um, appropriate ways to understand mm. uh, the text, uh, okay. ex- exegetical methods of um, understanding original meaning and the, in the original languages and the context and right. the, the variance. And there's so much that you could have said in there. Um, but, and, and, and it's important that we, we use those tools at certain times so that we understand mm-hmm. um, what the general meaning is. But for the sake of this, this was more about a relational connection with God. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't get to use all of that. And, um, another book that I'd recommend to people is it's called the Bible made impossible. And it's by Christian Smith. He's a mm-hmm. A professor at Notre Dame, but cool. he, uh, he he wants us to. Uh, he, he his thesis is basically that we we need to be careful about again using the Bible as an answer book, um, and that it's it's you know it's clear and everybody understands exactly what it means. It it is a book that requires some thought and that, that you approach it carefully. Um, and uh, you know he uses the example of hey a lot of people we, a lot of us read the same Bible, but a lot of us come to very different conclusions sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so, uh, we, to kind of get out of that, some folks would like, um, take the Bible to a place where it just can't sustain that kind of, uh, of pressure and, um, that it really does reveal God to us. And so, um, the Bible made impossible is a, uh, it's a good read. So, yeah. Love that. And as, is it easier for you as a communicator, knowing that you have, you're going to be teaching in a couple of weeks? Is that easier for you to parse out all your ideas and separate them? Um, do you treat that message as a continuation of this message? How do you approach teaching in a series as opposed to just a singular message? Well, we'll find out, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I it definitely it, there is. It is nice to to preach more than one message in the same series because you can continue thoughts or or build on previous thoughts and. Um, you know, even, you know, some of the reading, some of the um, research will carry over. 
Um, and you can, yeah, you can literally build a, build more of a case towards. So it's definitely going to be, um, I'm going to draw on some of these 